You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are two writers who got to start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and I also write for the LA Football Network, but we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, and this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Thank you to everyone who is checking us out for the first time. We appreciate all of our new listeners, and thank you of course, to all of our loyal listeners who are back again to hear us get into a big time voicemail show today because we have a ton of voicemails. And I'll just start by saying that the outpouring of voicemails to me was shocking and we're not going to be able to get into all of them, unfortunately, but 21 voicemails is what we got from you guys since the last game. So, I mean, thank you to you bravo, guys. Bravo, guys. Bravo. Absolutely. Bravo. I mean, just I was blown away by that and so many first time callers and stuff too. So in those voicemails, we'll be getting into if it's time for Gus Bradley to get out of here, if the Chargers are actually cursed, and if Tom Telesco is the right guy to pick the Chargers next new head coach if they decide to part ways with Anthony Lim. But we are going to start with the news and the news is that the Chargers have worked out former safety Jalen Watkins and we are pretty excited about that between the two of us and we'll also get into Trey Turner potentially hinting that he could be back soon. So let's go ahead and get into it. On Tuesday, the Los Angeles Chargers worked out one of their former safeties and starting right guard Trey Turner hinted at potentially coming back soon. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. The Chargers have been looking for depth in their secondary after losing pieces this season like Derwin James, their starting strong safety, and also slot cornerback Chris Harris Jr., who has been put on injured reserve as well. And the Chargers continued to look for help at the position when they decided to work out former safety Jalen Watkins, according to Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle. And this was an interesting move, David, because Jalen Watkins was with the team as recently as last season, but the Chargers decided to not go back after him during the offseason this year. A lot of that probably had to do with Nizir Adderley coming in and the Chargers being so deep entering the season at the safety position compared to what they are right now. But for me, this is actually a signing, I think, that should happen for the Chargers and that I would like it if it happened because even though Jalen Watkins didn't start a ton of games for the Chargers, Derwin James missed a lot of time last year and he was one of the bright spots in that secondary in 2019. 
He definitely was, and I think you like the fact that he brings some versatility as well. He can play in the slot. He can play safety. I feel like uh, the Chargers definitely need some of that with the the Chargers trading Desmond King away to the Tennessee Titans with Chris Harris Jr. on IR. The Chargers just need to add some more bodies to the position. They need some more able-bodied defensive backs, and uh, with Jalen Watkins' Last with the Chargers in 14 games, he had 29 tackles, a tackle for loss, and a pass breakup. Not crazy, spectacular, wow numbers, but he was solid. And I think it was more of the eye test. When you watched him week to week, he was a solid football player out there. The team's probably looking to bring Watkins back uh, to add some support to the free safety position. And Nazir Adderley has had a rough start handling the free safety responsibilities this year taking some bad angles and you know showing some inexperience out there on the football field so i would not be surprised if this workout turned into the chargers signing him to the practice squad and quickly elevating him to the active roster especially because he knows this system and one of the things that he did do very well even if the stats didn't necessarily reflect that was he was a great open field tackler which is something the chargers haven't had a lot of in the second level of this season. And the other thing was he just didn't find himself out of position very often. He didn't see blown coverages from Jalen Watkins as a veteran. So I think the Chargers will definitely like to see some of that. And if you're thinking about putting former strong safety Jaleel Adai in the slot as your first option, I think that it's definitely good if he has some competition in someone like Jalen Watkins if they decide to go in that direction. But some other kind of unexpected news that we got on Tuesday was Trey Turner going on Twitter and actually responding to the guilty as charged Chargers podcast saying they hope to see him soon and they can't wait to see him. He responded back and said, see you soon. And this is usually nothing, David, but Trey Turner has missed basically the entire season at this point. The Chargers traded him for Russell Okung in the offseason, and now the Chargers have had to try out many different players at that position. Most recently, it was Cole Toner, but before that, it had been Ryan Groy. Before that, it was Tyree St. Louis. So this is the closest thing we've had to seeing any sort of positive momentum for Trey Turner getting back on the field. So even though it's just a Twitter comment with his tight-lipped as the Chargers organization are. I mean, this is the closest thing we've got into any kind of positivity is regarding Trey Turner. Yeah, and any positivity regarding Trey Turner is a good thing. I mean, I think we've all been wanting to know what's been going on with the injury. We're not exactly in favor of how the Chargers have handled the Trey Turner groin injury. We figured that he should have been put on IR. Obviously, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and as Anthony Lynn likes to say, he does not like to talk or put timetables on players' injuries, but for the Chargers, Trey Turner was supposed to be a big pickup. He was supposed to be a big addition, a mauler in the run game, a guy who pancakes guys, a very physical presence on the Chargers offensive line, a physical presence that has been missing for quite some time, not just this season. So for Trey Turner, he, he did, he's only played in one game this season. That was against the Kansas City Chiefs in week two, where he did play 98% of the snaps, but the latest person to audition at that right right guard spot in Trey Turner's absence was Cole Toner, and he played fairly well. I think he was pretty good as a pass blocker. Didn't really perform too well as a run blocker. I think you left a little bit to be desired. But if Trey Turner is ready to go, he's definitely the presence the Chargers have been looking for, and this will be the first time that the Chargers have their best five offensive linemen out there for their rookie quarterback Justin Herbert. 
Yeah, the only guy that won't be out there would be Mike Pouncey, but we obviously already knew that going into the season. And I think it is a good situation to be in for the Chargers because they actually saw someone go in there and play well in Cole Toner, and he's actually a center by nature. And for the Chargers, who have Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney going into unrestricted free agency after this year, it's not a bad thing to see if you have something in Cole Toner, who is definitely a cheap piece for them. So Trey Turner is the guy once he's back, and he should step in and really help this offensive line. And this is a good sign from him that we could be seeing that sooner rather than later. But we do have two more segments to get into. It's time to get into some voicemails. So in the next segment, we'll be getting into if Gus Bradley has to go, if the Chargers are cursed. And we'll also be talking about whether or not Tom Telesco is the right man to pick the Chargers' next head coach if they decide to fire Anthony Lynn. But before we get into that, I need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. For me, just getting to be at home, watching Justin Herbert and seeing all the historic things that he's been doing after having, you know, one quarterback for so many years to be able to watch that and to have Pepsi be able to fuel me through game days, even when I don't think I'm going to make it through them with the Chargers is the best because Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. All right, so it's time to get into some voicemail. And once again, I just want to thank everybody who called in because I was once again blown away by the response we got from you guys, especially in a loss. You know, I mean, after Justin Herbert's first win, I maybe could have seen numbers like that. But 21 voicemails, you guys really, I mean, showed us how much you care. So we appreciate it. We also have a lot of first-time callers this week, too. We're going to try to get to as many first-time callers as we can Craig in Texas, Joe from Jersey, Superfan Zach, all of you guys, please continue to keep calling in. Um, we're probably not going to be able to get into all of those today, but some of your guys' questions I do think will be answered in the voicemails that we have still. Curtis Loki is another one. Keep calling in, guys. We appreciate it. But this time we're starting with Dana from L.A., who was born and raised in San Diego. Let's hear what she has to say. Hey, guys. This is Dana from L.A., born and raised in San Diego. Just finished watching the game. I mean, honestly, listening to you guys is like therapy, really, because you guys know more than anyone else what it's like to be a Chargers fan, and I've been a Chargers fan since I was born. Um, so this is really difficult because I know you guys talk a lot about getting rid of coaches, or we get a lot of phone voicemails about that, but blowing leads – you know, Justin Herbert and offense, I mean, they're still putting up points every single game. And the fact that we can get zero help in the second half from the defense, I almost feel like literally Gus Bradley is trying to lose games for us. I, I, I don't – there's no other way to look at it. Our defense is too soft, and they've been trained by, by Gus Bradley to be soft mentally and physically. And I'm tired of it. And if they don't get rid of him after this, now we are – the we are last place and blowing 16 point plus leads every single game is is just ridiculous at this point. I'm done, guys. I'll I'll listen to you guys tomorrow for some more therapy because I just can't take it anymore. First of all, I love it when women call into the podcast just because I love the fact 
that there are girls out there who love football. I mean, my fiance is one of them. She's really into football too and watches every game with me. So I just think that is so cool that you give us a chance, Dana, and that we can help you in any way through your week. But this is another one that I think it was close to what Craig was saying. And I think like Craig was saying, the third and 16s, the third and longs the Chargers gave up along the way is a huge indictment on Gus Bradley. And David, I don't know if any of us right now on this podcast, including John, would be upset if Gus Bradley was gone tomorrow. Not at all. I, honestly, I'm on the fire Gus Bradley train firmly right now. I don't want anything else to do with him. I'm tired of the soft coverages. I'm tired of the soft shells. I'm tired of the lack of aggressiveness. Bye-bye, as far as I'm concerned. Get rid of him right now. Yeah, and the soft mentally and physically part that Dana was talking about there, it does seem like that, especially late in games. And I think that one of the low-key ways that Anthony Lynn can save his job is by firing Gus Bradley right now, getting a new defensive coordinator in there, and if things go better for them down the stretch, it looks like Gus Bradley's the problem. So um, and you don't you don't even have to bring anyone else in. I mean, give Ron. No, Miles you would a elevate shot. someone for sure. You would definitely do that. Ron Miles deserves a chance. I mean, I would be happy with that. But let's get into Tyler from Utah's call because we have a lot of calls to get into. Let's hear what he has for us. Hey guys, um, this is Tyler from Utah. Um, I just am calling with a take on what's going on with the Chargers. Um, I'm not trying to get religious or anything here, but I think the Chargers are actually cursed. I don't know if it's something to do with the Lakers or Dodgers winning their championships and causing a drought for the others, but I don't know. Um, Let me know what you guys think. See ya. So as funny as that take is, I don't think there's a single Charger fan out there, David, that at one point or another hasn't thought to myself, thought to themselves, this team is absolutely cursed. I mean, how could you not? I mean, man, as a Chargers fan, it is crazy. I mean, they definitely test your patience and your ability to process pain. I mean, our pain threshold, it has to be incredible. I mean, it's got to be on a thousand the amazing amount of ways the Chargers have found a way to lose when they've had the highest probabilities to win, their their inability to close out games when they have huge leads, it's just excruciatingly painful. And how could you not feel like, hey, this team is absolutely is cursed? And the only thing I'll say is I don't think it has anything to do with the Dodgers or the Lakers, only because as San Diego guys, we know this has been happening long before the Chargers moved up to Los Angeles. But this time we have a caller calling in from Toronto. Let's hear what Kartik has for us this week. Hey, guys. My name is Kartik. I'm from Toronto. Big, long-time Chargers fan. I've uh, been watching pretty much since, uh, I know it's not as long as you guys, but probably since 2001, LT's rookie year. Just got off seeing the Broncos game, and at this point I can say I'm really not surprised. Um, there's really no argument you can make on your show that can convince me that they should keep Lynn and the staff for next year and maybe even can Telesco because I think hiring your third coach in a span of less than 10 years, they're probably going to have um, another double-digit losing season, which will make, I believe, his fourth zero-division titles. One double-digit winning season is not recipe for success. Now, although he has done great, in recent drafts, I just don't think he has the ability to scout talent and in the coaching department. And to me, this loss falls solely on, I think, on Gus Bradley, more the Gus Bradley than Lynn. But at the same time, the head coach is going to take the 
the um, <clears throat> sorry the credit when they win and you know the slack when they lose. But today was just a horrible performance at the end. I can't, like I said, not surprising that they lost, but hopefully we can look forward to Robert Sala, maybe coming from San Francisco as a head coach, been a big fan of defensive coaches, getting head coaching opportunities. All right, can't wait to hear from you guys on Monday. Take care, bye. So there's a lot to get into there, and I would agree with most of that. The head coach, it does fall on you, and Anthony Lynn said as much, but yes, zero division titles, one double-digit win season, It's not good enough, and that's obviously under multiple head coaches for Tom Telesco. But I do think the bigger question here, like you mentioned, is, is Tom Telesco the right man to pick the next head coach of the Chargers? Because he's done a pretty good job drafting for this team. At the same time, he's also picked Mike McCoy and Anthony Lynn, and neither one of those has worked out. Even though Anthony Lynn's record right now is close to 500, David, I do think it's a fair question. Yeah, that's a fair question, but is he a, a bad uh, talent talent evaluator? I mean, I don't think you can say that. I mean, he's picked like guys like Joey Bosa, picked Derwin James. He's picked guys like Des King, who he just traded away, which was a, turned out to even be even the undrafted pick. free agents. I mean, the, team the has undrafted free ag- yeah, his success with the undrafted free agents has been unprecedented. Honestly, I mean, he he's really picked some great guys that. You know, I don't know Austin Eckler ring a bell. I mean, that from West Western State, Colorado. I mean, come on now. I mean, the quality of your scouts and your scouting. I mean, it shows when you pick up guys like that. So, I don't know if I would say that he is a bad talent evaluator, but I can also understand the frustration or the you know the or questioning his ability to pick the next head coach of the Chargers because frankly the Chargers have not been able to win football games at a high enough rate and the thing is I don't think he necessarily totally got it wrong with Anthony Lynn um, I think that these players continue and still play very hard for Lynn um, and we'll talk about more about the locker room and if these guys support him but I think with Anthony Lynn, it's just to the point now where if this keeps happening over and over again, something has to change. And I've always been a big proponent of the offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators are really the most important things. I think that you can have a guy's guy, a football guy, as the head coach who doesn't really have a specialty like Mike Tomlin or someone like that if you surround them with good coaches, if you give them a great offensive coordinator, if you give them a great defensive coordinator. And I think lately, even though his tendencies, I think, do rub up, rub off on this team, but I think there's one coordinator we blame for most of that. But let's get into the next voicemail. This time it's Ivan. Let's hear what he has for us. Ivan, my question and comments are basically, you know, at one point in time, do we seriously invest in a solid offensive line group? Yeah, we've been making a lot of trades for – these older veteran type guys, uh, they just never seem to pan out. Uh, it'll take a year or two, and you know, they'll do decent, but it's not that cornerstone tackle or that that guy. You know, um, we we've done a good job in the draft these past couple of years, picking up some solid picks throughout the middle rounds. I don't see why we aren't picking up these type of guys on the offensive line. Um, and as far as for coaching. Uh, I do feel that we have had some soft calls on the defense, uh, some very conservative calls on the offense. Now, does that have to do because of the players we have, you know, lined up? You know, they can only do so much. They're trying to put them in a position to, to, to win their matchups. But it just seems like it always comes down to one or two plays, and it's just a snowball effect. Um, 
I've been listening to you guys for uh, about a couple of weeks now. You guys got a really good show, and I appreciate you guys getting out there and, you know, putting it out. Uh, so good listening for us. Thank you. So I want to focus here on the offensive line. I think it's a fair point, David, because the Chargers have found some decent picks, but they also have had guys like, you know, Orlando Franklin that didn't work out. I mean, I think Russell Okung, you got a lot out of that, actually, you know, especially in the 2018 season when he was playing. I mean, you really needed that, and he was a big part of that. But a lot of them have been swings and misses when this team has tried to go after aging veteran offensive linemen. And right now we've seen it with, you know, Brian Bulaga so far this year, even though he's back now. And Trey Turner is not that old, but it still fits that same theme. So this team really doesn't have a lot of excuses. And I think that is another thing on Tom Telesco that it hasn't tried to target offensive linemen earlier on in the draft, especially. Yeah, I think next year in the draft, if the Chargers first two picks are not offensive line and corner, then they're absolutely 100 percent wrong. I think that is the only two positions that you need to target. And I agree with you. They have not done very good drafting offensive linemen, but they haven't really addressed that position at the top of the draft. They haven't really picked anyone in the first or second rounds that, you know, was a consistent contributor. So I can't disagree with you about that. But like I said, if I don't see that next year, then I'm definitely going to be coming for Telesco's head. 100%. An offensive line in the first round is not a sexy pick. Derwin James... Joey Bosa, Mike Williams even, those are sexy picks. But the talent on this line has been reflected by what they've tried to do attacking that position. And they've decided to go with veterans a lot of times. And unfortunately, some of those just haven't worked out for them. But you do need to go after a stud left tackle to the point where us this season, seeing all those really good tackles, Makai Becton, you know, even Jedrick Wills or Tristan Worst at the top was tempting to even skip on a quarterback to get one of those guys. But we do have some more voicemails to get into. In the next segment, we're going to bring you some positivity, give you some reason to hope, and we'll also talk about Pep Hamilton potentially being this team's next offensive coordinator. And we're going to get into that right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. And you know I'm talking about Built Bar. And for me, when I'm thinking of a protein bar, I'm always looking for the taste. I mean, maybe it's the big guy in me, but if it doesn't taste good, it doesn't matter how healthy it is. I'm just not going to eat it, right? But with Built Bar, all of them are amazing, and you have so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, toffee almond, salted caramel, anything you like, you will be able to find a flavor of that with Built Bar, and they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are meant for the health-conscious guy. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, there's only one place to go. Grab yourself a Built Bar. They are delicious. And you can get a free cooler with your purchase right now while supplies last. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You can get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, well, time to get back into the voicemails, and I forgot on the last segment to put out the number. If you guys want to get on the show, the number is 323-524-7924. So we're going to get into Pep Hamilton potentially being the Chargers' offensive coordinator. We're going to talk about some positives from the last game, but we're going to start here with L-Train, who's looking for some hope. Hey, my name's uh, L-Train, first-time caller, been listening to the show. Uh, Enjoy the show. Good work, guys. Um... Basically, I'm calling because uh, I've been a Charger fan for over 20 years and um, just very 
uh, discouraged from this last loss and uh, don't know really where to go from here. Um, I guess my question is, um, I feel like this has been going on for years now. It's not just with this uh, current coaching staff. It's with previous ones as well. And it just seems like the Chargers always got the talent. Um, and for some weird reason, they uh, they lose the game, not the other team won, uh, won the game. So I guess, I don't know, what are some good optimistic reasons to keep supporting the team? Um, I want to keep, you know, supporting them. But I, after all these losses and, and not just, that they lose, but it's the way and how they lose. It's just been really discouraging uh, to me as a fan. So um, what changes do you think uh, need to be made? Um, is it just coaching? And, uh, you know, why should we keep supporting these Chargers if they just keep breaking our hearts like this every week? All right, keep up the good work, guys. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. So it does seem like that, and this is something that has plagued the Chargers. I mean, it's easy to forget because last year it seemed like the trend was to get down early and then come back and finish just short. But, I mean, even last year they blew a 10-point lead against Houston. They had a 15-point lead in a game against the Colts in which it took them going to overtime to win that game. This is not something that's new for this team, David, and that's really what I'm trying to get at. But I also think that, I mean, if there was one person that could change this for the Chargers – I do think it's Justin Herbert, and you might be saying, well, we have him right now, and that's not what's happening. Either way, maybe I'm naive, but I do think that with Justin Herbert, if you get healthy, if some things change and some coaches go and you get a new attitude with this team, I absolutely do think it can change. And I think what it has to look like is in 2018, where that one season, it felt like the Chargers were going to win at the end of the game. When you look at the two-point conversion against the Titans that year, when you look at the final drive against the Seattle Seahawks, who they beat with Russell Wilson, that year it just felt different, David, and I think that's really what it is. I think Justin Herbert, though, is the guy that can definitely change that for this team in the future. Well, and also, he's the reason why you watch. I mean, you were asking for some optimism and for reasoning reasons to keep watching Justin Herbert is the reason to keep watching. I mean, we have seen the young quarterback grow from week to week to week and also break records and, you know, be in the history books and, I mean, see stat after stat after stat. I mean, this guy is doing incredible things, doing things that quarterbacks, frankly, have never done. So that's one very distinct reason to keep watching the Chargers is just to tune in to see what Justin Herbert is going to do next and how he's going to grow the next week. I mean, that's definitely something that's very entertaining and very interesting. And also the just watching the rookies, that's something I always enjoy doing. I want to know how Kenneth Murray is doing. I want to know how, you know, the young guys like Jerry Tillery are coming along. I want to see the maturation processes for those. So if you're still worried about winning and losing, which when winning and losing, which everyone else is, and you want another reason to watch, watch the maturation of the young players. Yeah, I like that too. I mean, I think Justin Herbert at this point is catching national headlines, which is weird for Charger fans, and he has become must-watch television for football fans across the country. But let's get into the next voicemail. This one is Dylan from San Luis Obispo, first-time caller. Let's hear what he has for us. Hey, this is uh, Dylan um, from San Luis Obispo. Been a long-time listener, and this is the first time calling, and I uh, just want to first shout out to you guys. I uh, work at Trader Joe's, and there's been countless hours listening to you guys' podcast while I stalk. It gives me some uh, things to do while I'm putting up that rice and whatnot, but uh, just want to get on to the Broncos game. I don't 
this team seems to never let us down. It's pretty ridiculous. They, uh, I don't know if they really are cursed or something, but they uh, really find all kinds of crazy ways to uh, pull off a loss. So I don't know if it's the coaches or the players or what, but there always just seems to be this energy that dwindles down and we lose the game. So uh, I don't know. I guess my big question is if you guys were to see a coaching change, and uh, I know that we don't want to see Justin Herbert have a bunch of continuously changing like he did in Oregon, but uh, what do you guys think about Pep Hamilton possibly becoming the new offensive coordinator and uh, that would give him some continuous continuous uh, energy that he's carried on from this season. And uh, I'm just tired of seeing the same thing after the half, no adjustments. The team figures out what we do, and the coaching just thinks we can ride with it. So uh, I think there needs to be a change from the first half to the second half because currently this season it's really showing. But uh, thank you guys, and uh, bolt up. Well, first, Dylan, I mean, a lot of people thank us, and I don't think we thank you guys enough for thanking us, to be honest with you, because it's always kind of a trip um, when you hear people, you know, saying nice things about you. I'm not a good person at taking compliments personally, but when you hear something like that, you know, working at Trader Joe's, getting you through your day, man, I mean, that just means a lot to us. So I thought that was really cool. But to get to your point, there's some a lot of things to unpack here because it's not as simple as just making Pep Hamilton the offensive coordinator. I mean, maybe you could keep in, get rid of Steichen, and then put Pep Hamilton there. But to me, David, I mean, I just don't think that's where this team's issues are. I mean, I think every week I see Shane Steichen, I like him as an offensive coordinator a little bit more. He seems to be finding himself the last two weeks. The Chargers have been scoring in the third quarter. Last week, they had a great drive coming out of halftime. And the week before that, they scored three times in the third quarter. So much like Justin Herbert, I think we're seeing Shane Steichen grow. So as much as I definitely want to keep Pep Hamilton around and we want that continuity so we don't have to see what Herbert had in college, I, I'm i trying to do whatever I can right now as, as of this moment to, to, do, to keep Shane Steichen. No question about that. But, hey, the offense didn't give up 28 points in the second half. Okay, that was the defense. The defense did that. So I think – Honestly, the offensive side of things, like Daniel mentioned, they're getting better. I mean, Shane Steichen and Justin Herbert seem like they are growing together and they're getting more in sync and they are mixing up and setting up plays more effectively every single time they go out there. So I like what I've seen, like you have, um, with what Shane Steichen has come to the t- has brought to the table. I love Pep Hamilton and everything that he's done with Justin Herbert. He definitely uh, play- ha- played a part in his uh progression his maturation process as a quarterback but I don't think the changes need to come on the offensive side they need to come on the defensive side that's where I'm looking for the heads to roll but also I want to tell you that I appreciate you thanking us I mean like Daniel it's crazy for people to say you know that they take the time to make us a little bit part of their day and that we make their day go by a little bit better we really do appreciate that so thank all of you guys thank you very much all right, this is Mike in the OC we got to get to next. He has a question about the Chargers trading Desmond King. What's up, guys? This is Mike in the OC. Um, happy Monday. Hope you guys had a good weekend, other than that embarrassing loss. Um, question. Uh, with that loss and the trading of Desmond King for a six-round pick, do you think that the team has just kind of lost its just mojo and has lost its Anthony Lynn lose the locker room? I mean, what's your feeling towards Lynn and the rest of the coaches? I mean, 
I know that they're on the hot seat, but what about the members of the squad? Do you think that they're uh, they're backing them up still? Thanks for your uh, time. Have a good one, guys. So for me, David, I don't think Anthony Lynn has lost this locker room. I think if you did, I think the games would be looking a lot differently than they do. I think it would look like the Jets, personally, because I think Adam Gase has lost that locker room. I think it would look like the Cowboys, you know, where you have guys publicly saying these coaches don't know what they're doing. But I do think that trading Desmond King, obviously he was disgruntled, but I do think that it is the Chargers somewhat throwing in the towel on this season because I think they thought if he had a chance to keep this team competitive in some ways, I do think they would have thought long and hard about keeping him on the team. Yeah, I mean, I kind of understand that, but I also believe that the Chargers were not going to re-sign Desmond King. So I feel like, hey, they were thinking, hey, let's get some value from him right now, and they did that. So I think that's the reason why they moved on from Des King. I I don't think that they, they lost the locker room, but I do think that they need to start winning, or they will soon. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers had to get something from him, and I don't think they would have gotten a high compensation pick for that, compensatory pick for him. But I do think that if he can help you this season and if you were in a playoff race, for example, I do think it might have been a little bit different. So let's get into the last one here, a positive one to end the show. And the guy has a great name, too. Let's hear what Deadeye Dan from San Diego has for us. Good morning. I'm calling after a terrible Chargers loss to the Broncos in Donkeyville. In any case, uh, just calling to say, this is Deadeye Dan from San Diego, by the way. Just calling to say, you know, I want to look for the silver lining, the, the, the pearls of optimism here. And the two things that stand out to me is I feel like our essentially four-string offensive line actually played pretty well today. Uh, and then the other thing is the running game. We've been looking for this the entire season. Get Joshua Kelly off the field. Domain Pope, if he recovers from this concussion, this guy's legit. Keep him in the game. Him and Justin Jackson, 200 yards rushing, let's do it. Okay, bolt up. I'm not firing anyone. I'm keeping it positive. Okay, let's go. Thanks, guys. <laughs> First of all, Dead Eye Dan is an A1 nickname. Uh, major props on that. But I'm glad that someone is looking at the positives, not just firing people. Of course, like, things have to change. You know what I mean? Changes have to be made on the coaching staff. People probably will lose their jobs because of the things happening this season. But we also can't get on here and talk about, hey, fire Anthony Lynn every show. We wouldn't have a week's worth of shows for you guys because it would just be like, hey, the problem's Anthony Lynn. The problem's Anthony Lynn. Unfortunately, we have to get a little bit deeper into it than that. But I will say that the offensive line was surprising last week. Cole Toner being one of those big surprises. The biggest thing was the running game and them opening up holes for someone like Troy Pope to be terrific like he was on Sunday he was their best running back for sure on Sunday and David do you agree with him now him saying enough with Josh Kelly obviously he's a rookie you want to build his confidence going forward but there is a clear difference on who the two of the three best backs were on the field on Sunday I, I like the Anthony Lynn approach. I'm going to ride the hot hand. I want the guy that's producing on the football field to be the one that's getting the carries. I mean, it's really honestly as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, enjoy prom- and Troy Manpope has been awesome. Like, he's been their most decisive runner. He gets upfield. There's no nonsense. He's not dancing behind the line of scrimmage. He's getting positive yardage for this team. And last week, we saw him even start to break off some chunk plays. And he runs hard, too. And he's fast. He has, I mean, he's right now 
who you want to see having the lion's share of those carries. But thanks for the positivity, Dan. That is going to wrap things up for us on today's show, guys. You know what tomorrow is. It is crossover Thursday, so we're going to be linking up with your boy Q from the Locked On Raiders, one of the best on the network. So we're really excited to do that. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify. That is always the fastest and easiest way to get the show every day. And you can also find it on our social media as well. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow for Crossover Thursday. If you guys want to get on the next voicemail show, the number is 323-524-7924. And thank you guys again for all your calls. But we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Till then, take it easy and go Bolts.